We've been fighting a long time, and we have all lost so very much, so many loved ones gone. But you are not alone. There are pockets of resistance all around the planet. We are at the brink. You have no idea how important you are. If you're listening to this, you are the resistance. Welcome everybody, Steve with Sense Fidelium, coming at you with Father Lawrence Carney. If you're familiar with Walking the Road with God, Walking the Road to God, we're to God, with God, to God, words matter. Uh, he's in uh, Kansas, if I'm, not, if I'm not mistaken. Father, welcome, thank you for joining us today, or this evening. Well, thanks for having me, Steve. Glad to be here. Okay, just to start out, can you tell the folks just a little bit about yourself? Yes. I can tell you a little bit. I was born in Wichita, Kansas, as a Catholic, and the Redemptors were at my parish, and there was Redemptors wearing their, their habit. And I went through the sacraments there in St. Joseph in Wichita, very beautiful church. Then I went to high school and college, began to work in the financial industry and the calling to become a priest uh, was coming back, which happened to me when I was six years old. A priest held up the holy card of Our Lady of Perpetual Help. And I tell this to a lot of people, and he said, move that card back and forth. And he said, she will always be there to help you. So ask her for help, perpetual help. So I saw real eyes on the card being six years old. So I thought, well, if a priest can do that, and I want to be a priest. But I ran away from the priesthood until I was about 25. And I went back to that kindergarten room, which had been changed to an adoration chapel. And where our Lord was in the monstrance, I remember the face of the priest was. So I got down on my knees literally and told God, I'm not going to run anymore. So I went to the seminary and became a priest in Wichita. And I was an associate for two years and then became a pastor in two different places for four years. And then I asked my bishop if I could leave because I was so in love with the Latin mass. So he let me go and I was discerning where to land in the world. And the Benedictines of Mary asked me to be their chaplain a year prior. And then they asked me again, cause I said no. And you just don't say no to, to nuns cause that was the worst year of my life. So then I said, yes, and I said to Mother Abbess, at the time she was a prioress, I'm a missionary, I wanna go out into the streets. So she suggested I go into the streets of St. Joseph. So I did that for about five years. And now I am, I had a little health issue, but I'm getting back into shape. But during that time, God has showed me that I need to promote the devotion to the Holy Face because it's very important for our times. So that's why I'm here today to promote that. And you're going to help me with that. We're doing this for God, so it's it's a good team. So, ladies and gentlemen, I uh, forgot to hit the unmute button at this point in the interview. So, um, forgive me. 
basically I'm just talking about the Golden Arrow at this time. And eventually I'm going to pull up the book right here, I think, on the Golden Arrow. Yes, here it is. Yeah, buy the, I'm telling people, buy the book and the Holy Man of Tours, which you can get at uh, SF15 promo code with TAM Books. And bring up, eventually, how this is the ammo of communism, as our Lord stated in one revelation on March 14th. In this communication, communists are openly designated by our Lord as a group secretly working to advance diabolical plots and any Christian principles in order to inflame all society. To stop them by obtaining God's mercy, our Lord orders Sister Mary personally to ask the Archbishop in the name of the Savior to inaugurate Holy Face devotion. I'm also talking about how everyone's talking about communism, how there's many books about communism, but no one's talking about what the remedy is. And here I ask, Father, yes. can you explain the devotion? Can you go over the history yes. of the devotion? Yeah, I'll talk about the devotion in general. I just, while we're on that, I just love this quote uh, that came from our Lord Jesus to Sister Mary St. Peter. And he told her, I hold you in my hands as an arrow. I now want to hurl this arrow against my enemies. These are the words of our Lord Jesus. Because Pope Leo XIII granted this to be a true devotion by making it an arch confraternity in 1885, and he continues, to arm you for the battle ahead, which is now, I give you the weapons of my passion. So when they were hurting Jesus, he's going to use these as weapons of mercy today. Continuing, the weapons of my passion, the cross, my enemy's dread, and the other instruments. And I was telling uh, someone today, that in the Missal for the Latin Mass, there are a number of Masses that are dedicated to the implements of the Passion, like the crown of thorns, the nails, the linens that he wore, and the cross, like we celebrated the exaltation of the cross. So imagine when priests say these prayers at Mass, these Masses dedicated to these sacramentals, they're going out towards the oligarchies that are trying to destroy the human race right now, and attacking in a way they won't know what's coming from them. So that's why I love this devotion so much. I'll get to it in general. It is so manly. A little background. The Sacred Heart, our Lord told Sister Mary Alacloque that he wanted the King of France to put the Sacred Heart on all the standards of France. So imagine that being the battle armor having a sacred heart flying on all the flags in France, but the king didn't do it. And he also said, put, engrave the sacred heart on all the weapons, but France didn't do that. So that's, how, that's the kind of God that we have, is he wants his name to be honored, and he wants to be, be used, or he wants us to use his face, to use the sacred heart to gain victory over evil. So what is the holy face in general? So it's many people have been visionaries and, and hearers of this, like St. Gertrude the Great received pro prophecies about the holy face. One of the nine promises talks about her. But in the 1880s, there are a few people that really received this in a very special way, the devotion to the holy face. Sister Mary St. Peter, Carmelite in Tours, began receiving revelations in the 1840s and she never knew what communism was mm -hmm. because she entered the Carmel 
and the communist, communist Manifesto wasn't really publicly known yet. By her, of all people, she didn't know it. But Jesus said that communism, anarchists, free thinkers, masons are going to be used as a punishment by my father to the human rights because of the sins of blasphemy and profanation of Sundays and holy days of obligation. So it seems like this devotion for our times because we're learning now how the infiltration of the church is coming from top to bottom. And people are coming to me, Father Carney, what do I do? Instead of like fighting against this bishop or this bishop or this priest or this lay person, God gave us this devotion and he lines it all out. Here's how you're gonna get out of this. So in my bones, I think this devotion is going to take off because the rosary was something that started with St. Dominic in 1214. And it grew for a while, but then it almost died. Mm -hmm. Well, this devotion, I think, is very similar. And we have the rosary now for 800 years, but this devotion is not that old, and it's almost died. So there needs to be some apostles that spread this devotion so that it can, I beg to say, I wonder if our Lord wants to destroy modernism with the devotion to the holy face. So... There's another character that came in. So we got Sister Mary St. Peter, and we got Venerable Leo de Pont, born in Martinique, and he moved to Tours because his wife passed away, wanted uh, their daughter to go to the Ursulines in Tours. So that's how he became acquainted with Sister Mary St. Peter as he moved there. And he was well-to-do from a sugar farm family, and he had lots of time to be a, a philanthropist. So he was supporting these religious communities and he was called the Holy Man of Tours. And he became very close to the superior, there you go, of Carmel. And he would get these messages from Sister Mary of St. Peter that Jesus gave. And he began to promote this devotion with the Archbishop of Tours. And there was an image that was given to him by the Carmelites and he put it up in his drawing room and people would come to see his oil lamp burning mm -hmm. and he would take oil from it and, and touch people that were crippled and they would heal instantly. And I think Pope Pius IX said he's one of the greatest workers of all time. So we got St. Vincent Ferrer who performed about 3,000 miracles it says in one historical site. Well, Venerable Leo de Pont performed 10,000. So he's not known, Yeah, but he performed like that many miracles. So this devotion, I used to be in investments before I became a seminarian and a priest. And investments, you look at something and you say, what does it look like it's gonna happen in the future? So I'm putting my money, I'm putting my life on this devotion from heaven because it's for our times. A little bit about Leo, uh, ladies and gentlemen, was uh, talk about a fiery guy. He would, uh, you, I, I think Father does this. I did this when I was doing Uber. I still do this. I, I have medals in my pocket that we give to, you know, miraculous medals, some by St. Benedict medals, the Holy Face medal that was coined also. But uh, he would give a, he would, he, he would punch, he punched a couple people out for blasphemy. And he said he got tired of punching people out that he started telling people to punch me out. That right. <laughs> so, <laughs> would be That's better, right. it would be better for you to hit me than what you're doing. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I started the League of St. Martin a few years ago, and this is a, a, a league that promotes the Holy Face and gets people to practically get involved with the Holy Face. 
And so there's a, a, a group of members called Defenders of the Holy Name, mm -hmm. which was something that God wanted in these revelations. He wanted there to be a group of people that would be called Defenders of the Holy Name of God. So one of these persons has been playing golf for, on Fridays for the last 30 years. And he told us recently that he had a member of his golf team come up and say, how did you like playing golf with me? And he said, well, I had to pray a lot. And he said, why? Because you kept blaspheming God. Well, now that was about six months ago. Now, whenever someone blasphemes, he makes a sign of the cross. Mm -hmm. So people haven't commented yet, but I'm sure they're gonna start seeing, why are you making a sign of the cross? So this is a great way to defend the name of God and hopefully to get people to become strong Catholics or to become Catholic because as a, as a human family, we should not be blaspheming in the name of God, but this devotion and this League of St. Martin, I think is helping people say, wait a minute, we gotta turn this around because this is really a lot worse than we think. It's not just a bad habit. When we say the Lord's name in vain, that is really bad because the top three commandments are the most important. And if we don't get those right, because they deal with God directly, mm -hmm. if we don't get those right, the other seven that deal with our neighbor are a moot point. And this devotion deals straight, strictly with the top three commandments. That's right. That's right. Um, Idolatry, blasphemy, and keeping the Sabbath holy. And one of the things that the Holy Face has led me to do is, starting this league is to make three uh, aims for the League of St. Martin. That is to make reparation. That's what this devotion is so good about. I mean, there's four types of way that we pray to God. Reparation, thanksgiving, petition, and adoration. The reparation was something I really wasn't focusing on. And these revelations have helped me to see how important it is to repair the damage that we do to God when we blaspheme him, when we don't adore him, and we do idolatry. Those things are just really starting to come into my mind how bad they are. And so that's one of the aims of the League of St. Martin, is to get people to focus on reparation in a practical way. And on our website, we have a tab that has fruits of the League of St. Martin. We've only got like two or three things, mm -hmm. but I hope someday that that'll grow to show lots of fruits from the League of St. Martin. So the second thing, so we've got reparation, is reverence. So reverence, the holy sacrifice of the Mass. One very holy priest once said, what we do in the sanctuary determines what happens in the world. So in Leviticus 26, verse 2, our Lord God says, reverence my sanctuary. So we have a lot of work to do there mm -hmm. to make reverence, to have our sanctuaries more reverent. And that's why I promote the Latin Mass with all my bones, because it's so beautiful, it's so traditional. This is what we've always, this is what so many saints have had. It's so, and then the last one is called reversion. So we got the three R's, reparation, reverence, and reversion. So what is that? That means Catholics who have fallen away to come back. But I also add conversion. So part of the league is to, to bring people to this uh, devotion, to bring people to God's holy church, because the Catholic church is a gate of heaven and people need to be exposed to this gate. And that's what we're trying to do. Yeah, so the holy face is a great means to do this because Jesus has lined out what we can do. People come to me and say, well, Father, what can I do? And I tell them, join the League of St. Martin or at least sign up for the arch confraternity of the Holy Face. So people can do that. Mm -hmm. 
by getting the form, it's on our website, and you fill it out, and you send, you send it to, to France, to Tours, and you will be enrolled as a member of the Arch Confraternity of the Holy Face, just like St. Teresa of Lisieux was. So it's important also with the rosary to enroll into the confraternity, because when we have corporate prayer going, when we're connected juridically, then our prayers are more powerful than just being isolated as one person. So. Why tours? Tours, that is where St. Martin was the bishop. Mm -hmm. Now the three main people, patrons, are St. Michael, the Archangel, St. Lee, St. Lee, King of France, the ninth, and St. Martin of Tours. So he appeared there, I mean, Jesus appeared there. Why tours? I think it's because of St. Martin, because he was a, a Roman soldier, and he told the emperor that, I don't want the Donativa, which was the payment to go fight. He said, I have fought for you, now I'm gonna go fight for God. Then he went to Poitiers and became an exorcist, and then became a deacon, and he was living in tours, and the bishop died, and he was wearing these rags, St. Martin of Tours, and the bishop saw him and said, we don't want that guy to be the bishop, but there was pop, popular acclamation and the people wanted him because of his renowned holiness to become the bishop. So they started looking for him he was hiding and these geese started quacking and they went to the geese and they found St. Martin was hiding there. So they picked him up and they wanted him to become the bishop. So he became the bishop in Tours, France. Now, Sister Mary St. Peter, who is the main uh, locutor who's received these revelations, she grew up in Rennes, France, and she wanted to join Carmel in Rennes, but there was no room for her. So she consecrated her vocation to St. Martin of Tours. Hmm. And her spiritual director said, there's an opening in Tours, so she became a nun in Tours and began to receive these revelations. Well, the holy man of Tours, Venerable Leo Pont was born in Martigny, and he moved to Tours because of what his, you know, his wife's last wishes were to get her daughter to be in school with the Ursulines. So that's how he he got together with Saint Sister Mary Saint Peter is because of Saint Martin of Tours. So that's just an amazing thing of how that happened. And November 11th is the feast day of Saint Martin of Tours, and that's my birthday. November 11th, that's why I'm so excited about this devotion because St. Martin is one of the three principal patrons of this devotion. So I just know since I was born on that day, I've got to promote this. That's something very clear to me. Yeah, I think of all the sermons I have, there's a, on the channels about f over 4,000 or something like that. There's one on the, on the holy face. Uh, there's a couple others that talk about reparation and the devotion to the Holy Face, but only one that really gets into the story of it and the Holy Face medal. Uh, the, it's, it's coming up for the feast of, uh, well, was, the feast day was the day before Ash Wednesday, Fat Tuesday, in reparation for Mardi Gras. Um, do you know much about the Holy Face medal? I know you can go to places like Our Lady of the Rosary Library, which I'll link underneath in the show notes, and you can get them for like two cents each, or you get a, a you know, hundred of them for 20 bucks and pass them away. Uh, she had a hard time getting those medals printed too, right? 
Yeah, those medals, I think, deal with another locutor in the 1930s. Mm -hmm. So it's different. And I haven't really gone into detail because I've been so focused on tours and Sister Mary St. Peter. But I, I do need to do more research on that. But there are two different ones. So I know that people have made this uh, chaplet of the Holy Face, and they're using that medal ah. from from that devotion to the Holy Face. And on the back it says, Mani Nobiscum Domine, which is, stay with us, O Lord, because of the road to Emmaus. Mm -hmm. And then it says, Illumina Domine Bultum Tum Supernos. So something about shedding the light, O Lord, of your fate above us. So there's a lot of different devotions to the Holy Face. For example, this one deals with the Vela Veronica, mm -hmm. the one in Tours, whereas there's one called Monpello in Italy, where Father Domenico, who was friends with St. Padre Pio, Franciscans, where he saw this, I think it's a, a linen that had the face of Jesus, but that one came from the tomb. But it shows an image when he resurrected. So that image is burned on there from that. Now, the one that we have in tours mm -hmm. is the image from Our Lady of Veronica, the sixth station of the cross. And that one is housed in St. Peter's Basilica. And what devotees have done in the area of tours is they've replicated this uh, image with engraving and they printed them on fine linen or linens and they went to tours to have them touched and then they sent them out to their friends across europe and they people started displaying them because they're they're third class relics of our lord jesus christ because they were touched to the vela veronica the spear and a big part of the holy cross and one thing that happened in 1848 or 1849 this is fascinating to me. Pope Pius IX was being exiled by the Masons because the Masons wanted to, to take over the Papal States. And that was how the church conserved its resources is it didn't have these money, these banks, which can be easily corrupted like we're seeing, you know, with Cardinal Pell and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But land is a lot more harder. You have to go get it. So the Masons were trying to destroy the papal states and trying to make Italy into a nation instead of having a... Anyways, the Pope was exiled and he commanded to have this veil of Veronica to be brought out into St. Peter's for three days so people could venerate it. So I talked to Cardinal Burke about this once, but he says the image is very dark right now because it's so old. Mm -hmm. but what they did is they put uh, a very thin piece of linen in front of it and I think it was the third day there was a miracle that happened there was a dim glow that was coming from this this piece in front and the outline of our Lord was made very bold and clear and people started to see this and they rang the church bells so all the people came and then the notary of the Vatican came to see it, and he saw it, and then he signed off to said this was a true miracle that happened. So that happened in conjunction when these revelations were happening to Sister May St. Peter, 
and the Masons were trying to take away the papal states. So, you know, Jesus taught us many things with parables, and the people that got the message of the parable were those that were in the state of grace that had charity in their souls. So that's why this devotion is so important. When people start to pick this devotion up, it, it helps to see the parables that are happening right now in our times. This devotion, I think, is going to help us to see clearly how to get through what the future holds for us. Because a lot of people want to attack the bishops, want to attack the priests, want to attack bad guys. Well, Jesus has in here how we can get through this by honoring him. Mm-hmm. So I think it's I, I think maybe I know about two or three percent of what I need to know in this devotion. So there's a lot of treasures here to, uh, to mine. Yeah, it was good that you brought up uh, France because I just I read a paragraph or uh, chapter at uh, Father Fahey's book on the kingship of Christ one of his 12 or 15 that he read, wrote. And it mentioned that he, he took out a, a paragraph from, like, I think it was not Montesquieu, but somebody else. But anyway, he makes a connection because the French Revolution leads to communism. By default, just, there's just the, the next progress leads to communism, which goes back to what we have right now. Our Lord told them to consecrate the Sacred Heart. Now we got the Holy Face with when he said, this is the ammo to fight communism. So what are some promises or uh, uh, things that we can do, promises from the devotion or just like, you know, putting the image up or things like that? Yeah. One of my favorite promises is the one that was given to St. Gertrude the Great. And it talks about how those who promote the image of the holy face will have will shine brighter than all others in heaven. So I'm about to find it, here it is. By their likeness to my face, they shall shine with a brightness surpassing that of many others in eternal life. Now, when you're in investments, you wanna sacrifice for a big profit in the future, that's just how I tick. So if we look at it that way, we have this one life to live, and as much as we can love God and serve him in the truth and, you know, present his church to people so they can be saved, God's going to reward us according to that. And a lot of people don't know, but more people are starting to learn that one of the doctrines of our Catholic faith is that there are different degrees of glory in heaven, Mm -hmm. depending on how much you know, love, and serve God, just like there's different degrees of evil in hell, depending on how wicked one is. So when we have a devotion where there's a promise that talks about our glory is going to shine our face is going to shine brighter than others. That's something worth investing our time in. Another one is, by my face you shall work miracles. Well, Leo Pont, God used him to perform 10,000 miracles. So I wonder if in the future this devotion is going to have some more miracle workers. Because we have not seen very many miracles, at least in the United States, mm-hmm. compared to the the miracles I read about. Right. The Cubs so, winning the World Series doesn't count as one. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, here's another one. So going back to reparation, reverence, and reversion or conversion. I like this. By my holy face, you will obtain the conversion of many sinners. Nothing that you ask in making this offering will be refused to you if you know how pleasing the sight of my face is to my Father. 
I don't know about you, but I just soak that up. That's quite a promise. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I think that this devotion is going to become something like the rosary because the rosary has its promises and so does this. Mm -hmm. Now what's interesting is Jesus said something about this devotion in comparison to other devotions to Sister Mary St. Peter. And he said this, Rejoice, my daughter. The hour approaches when that most beautiful work under the sun is to appear. And the work is the work of reparation. So this is a time that we really need to focus on making reparation because our human race is offending God so severely. We need, as Jesus said to Sister Mary St. Peter, we need more Veronica's to break through the mob to console my faith. So that means we as Catholics, we need to stand up and break through the mob, break through the infiltrators, break through those evil people that are trying to take us away from Jesus and get in there and adore him and make reparation. So Veronica is a great example of how she was a bold woman. She broke through that mob, risking her life to console the face of Jesus. And her reward was probably greater than she thought it would be. She got a miraculous image of our Lord on it. And now her name is known. That's not really her name, but now her name is known all the way through the ages. And it's true icon. Veronica means true icon. Mm -hmm. Now, one of the leagues in Kansas City did a slideshow. I think it's on our website. I don't know if it was St. Thomas, but they thought that the woman that had the hemorrhages was the Veronica. So it's interesting mm -hmm. to connect those if it's true or not. What about just printing the face up, the image up, and putting it in your room for veneration? Uh, does it does it mention anything about doing that? And yes, uh, that's really good. Yeah, I recommend people to find an image that would be temporary and light a candle. I always encourage people to have a prayer corner if they don't have one, but add this to your prayer corner and get a light burning in front of it, a candle, and. If you have the income, there might not be many left, but you can buy uh, on eBay, you, you can buy these images that have been touched and they, the one I have has a, a, a wax seal with a cardinal stamp on it from his ring. And it was actually produced in 1883 and it says during the pontificate of Pope Leo XIII, because this is what Leo DuPont had in his drawing room. He had one that was really touched there. But in the meantime, get one up. And what the League of St. Martin is trying to do is we're trying to get some of these printed on linen. I have a, a print shop in Wichita that my, my family owns, and they're working on getting this. And I hope to talk to one of the cardinals in Rome and get these images touched to these three relics in the Vatican and then I want to distribute those to members of the Holy Face and convents and monasteries so that they can pick those up. And we want to get a seal on there to show this is a third-class relic, so you need to consider putting a perpetual lamp in front of it. So we're also working on figuring out how Vero Leo Pont had his lamp out there because he took the oil that was burning because it performed so many miracles, and he would put it in oil vials and he would give those out to people, like tens of thousands he did this. Mm -hmm. It was a lion's share of his, his, his inheritance to do this. So I think that if, God forbid, masses have to shut down again, people can have this in their house, which is 
pretty darn close to the greatest relic you can have, the third-class relic of our Lord. It's nothing, though, compared to the Holy Eucharist, which right. is God himself. So I recommend that, and I need some prayers uh, from some people out there because whenever I've been working on the Holy Face, all hell breaks loose every time. Well, that's how or this thing started too, prayer. right? I can't get to Rome because they want me to wear a mask and I don't, I don't want to, I have a medical condition. I can't breathe with a mask. It'll cause me to get very ill. So. And no one cares about that kind of health. They, uh, you just, yeah. <laughs> uh, but no, when this, when this devotion started, it had its, uh, it had its troubles too. The bishop kind of kept it quiet for the first couple years, right? That's right. The bishop had his representative come to Sister Mary St. Peter and the representative, I think it was a vicar, said, under obedience, you cannot talk about this anymore. Three months later, Sister Mary St. Peter got very ill and she had problems with her throat. It felt like needles in her throat and she couldn't talk anymore. So she made reparation for blasphemy because her tongue mm -hmm. was swollen and her throat. So she did that and then I met her relative a couple months ago. She is a great, great, great grand niece of Sister Mary St. Peter. And she told me that some of the ancestors between her great, great, great aunt and herself, that they were both deaf and dumb. So it's like the reparation is done physically in their family because, you know, the blaspheme, it would be better if God would just make people quiet so that doesn't happen. So that's a beautiful thing to see that reparation. So that's just one example. She had to suffer, Sister Mary St. Peter had to suffer so much pain in order, um, you know, before she died. And this was a grace from God that he gave her this ability to suffer in this way. But our Lord told her in consolation, you know, your end is about to come. So you're gonna have to suffer, but you're gonna make it to heaven. Know, soon so that was her consolation and that's a good consolation for us whenever we have to suffer this devotion helps me so much when I see his face being bruised and mm -hmm. his so many cuts in his face when I'm suffering it's easy for me to kneel in front of his face with this light I've got one in my room and to offer my sufferings and reparation I find when I do my holy hours a lot of my bereaveries my rosaries I do it in reparation now and it's like that's a great intention because it's for God. It's just totally for his face. Yeah, it's something we don't do a lot of. We, we complain a lot, but we don't do a lot of reparations. That's right. And the prayer, the golden arrow prayer, can you, uh, can you uh, tell us the golden arrow prayer for those that probably have heard this, but may not know what it is? Yeah. So the golden arrow prayer, may the most holy, most sacred, most adorable, most incomprehensible, and unutterable name of God, be always praised, blessed, loved, adored, and glorified in heaven, on earth, and in the hells by all the creatures of God, and by the sacred heart of our Lord Jesus Christ, the most holy sacrament of the altar. So, this was given to Sister Mary St. Peter, and there was a terrible storm during which she felt the justice of an angry God as she had never felt in her life that preceded this. Now, this thunder has happened to me where I work at the convent 
right before I'm going to preach about the holy face. So that's pretty neat. So kneeling so that my forehead touched the ground, I ceaselessly offered our Savior Jesus Christ to his eternal Father for the expiation of my sins and for the needs of the Holy Church. So this devotion had its trouble before. But this devotion is so good because Jesus said he made then me see that this frightful sin wounds blasphemy is divine harm more grievously than all other sins. So remember the three top commandments. And we need to take that blasphemy seriously. Showing me how blasphemy, the sinner curses him to his face, attacks him publicly, nullifies his redemption, and pronounces his own judgment, condemnation. So this golden arrow prayer makes reparation for that, for the times we've done that, and the times that other people are doing that now. And it's, our Lord said, it's like you are all arrows when you pray this prayer, and your arrow is being shot into my Father or into my sacred heart so that plentiful graces will come out to change this around. So, I think in the history of the church, you had people like King St. Louis that would brand people that blaspheme our Lord, or I think, was it him or someone else that said that somebody that would do that needs should be rammed through. But today it's on TV, movies, music. You hear it kind of like uh, uses a comma in regular, uh, I would just say, communication. And then thinking about Sundays, everybody cares more about the NFL than they do about going to Mass. If we were as excited about your team getting there early to tailgate, dressing in the right way to dress for a football game, doing all the procedures, stand up, cheer, sit down, and when we go to Mass, maybe we get there a little bit late, we might not be dressed properly, we may be thinking about something else. We got everything all reversed, right? That's right. Well, the thing I want to impress upon everyone here is that St. Paul talks about running the race as if to win. Religion is hundreds of times better than a sport. Mm. Because just as in a sport, you've got, you know, the battle, there's defeat, there's victory. In religion, there's the same thing. We've got those who are defeated by the devil and those who are victorious over him. But the rewards are much more different. If you win a football game, yeah, that's euphoria for a while. If you win the Super Bowl, yeah, that's a lot of euphoria. But if you win heaven by the mercy and grace of God, that's an eternal reward. And St. Paul says you can't think or imagine what God has prepared for those who love him. You can't think or imagine that. So. The thing about the holy face is that Jesus tells Sister Mary St. Peter, this is a mystical combat. And I can't find it right away, but he talks about how we should be like little children, being fearless to go out and to wage war against these mystical combatants. This is a sport that I'm willing to die for. I wear a cassock all the time because it's a sacramental. This is my uniform, and it keeps me focused. Just like if a Chiefs player is going to wear his uniform and he's number 33, quarterback, he kind of knows his role. So I think as a culture, we need to get back into wearing our clothes that tell us what we're about and are so modest. And we need to start having this Catholic culture that prepares us to go into battle when we go into Sunday Mass. Because 
this is going to prepare me for the rest of the week so that I can get everything in line, those first three commandments and the other seven, and then the seven gifts of the Holy Spirit, and then the, you know, all the virtues that need to grow. But win, run the race as if to win. Snatch the crown from the devil. The devil can't stand that we're talking right now because in the mystical city of God, Venerable Me of Agreda, it was revealed that the demons lost their thrones in heaven. Now they're empty. And God created the human race. I don't know if this is theologically correct, but it says this. God created the human race so that the victorious over the, the demons in the mystical combat would take the thrones of these of these devils, these demons lost. Do you mm-hmm. think they're jealous? Oh yeah. Do you see why God allows them to mess with us when we work with the Holy Face? Because God loves a good battle. He loves to see it when his priests, his bishops, and good Catholics, Catholics that are struggling, non-Catholics, when they're battling for God. He loves to see that. And that gives us a fire it becomes more difficult to distinguish. And that's what's happening right now with the current crisis is there's these spirits that are moving us to compromise. And then there's these good spirits that are helping us to engage in this mystical combat. And Our Lady of Akita in 1973 warned us that there would be much compromise in the future. So with the holy face, I'm finding that people that join the League of St. Martin, they talk to me on the phone and they have these questions. And I see them at, you know, we're all together, it seems like in the League, we're fighting against the things that are being used against um, our human rights, our sovereign rights are being taken away. But the Holy Face is giving us courage. It's helping us to see the face of Christ, you know, to see his whole face. Yeah, I was thinking of uh, when you were talking about fight, uh, the, the fighting image, uh, St. Anthony of the, of the Desert, there was a great part of him just getting beaten up by demons. I used to have, I'd have the photo with the caption, with the quote underneath, I think it was from St. Uh, in his book, Life of St. Anthony. He said, Lord, where were you? And he said, I wanted to see you fight. <laughs> I'm like, no, that is, that is bad. That is good. <laughs> Which is the, usually like the opposite you hear, which in sermon or in what we get told as men i remember when you were in kansas city i remember hearing uh the kicker out there at bucker i think i butchered his name sorry dude i know you're a fan of the channel i just killed your name my bad harrison and uh he uh he mentions in his uh the ewtn show that he thought about islam because of how manly it was and he wasn't getting that in catholic churches and then Think about devotions like this. A reparation is a manly thing to do anyways. Praying is a manly thing to do. Yeah, one of the revelations in here, I love it. I can't get it all, but it says something like this, that we have such a good king worthy of honor, and we do well to avenge the offenses that are placed upon him. Now, that doesn't mean that we go around and hitting everyone over the head that does blasphemy. Like, Meryl Leo Pontin, you know, yeah. he found out eventually that it was better for, like you said, for people to sock him in the gut. And he, he would say, it's better that you hit me instead of you blaspheming in the name of God. That's the kind of stuff that, you know, men need to hear. And I think that this devotion is going to help men to come alive in their Catholic faith. So everybody, go out, get the book. I have it linked underneath. 
If you use the promo code SF15 at checkout at the link, you get 15% off. So get two and give it to a friend. I'm working to get this one republished. Uh, it's a great story of uh, Leo. Uh, you can find it on, I know you can find it on Amazon. Maybe one or two. There's not a lot out there. Uh, I'll have Father's website, the League, uh, League of St. Martin, underneath in the show notes section as well. Uh, there's book, the prayer book that you have. That's available as well. Yeah, they're probably going to be sold out in a few days. <laughs> my Pray for my work. My workers are working so well, and they really need to be appreciated. But we're talking about uh, finding a printer somewhere to get some more of these uh, printed because these are just a reprint from 1887. Mm -hmm. And we have some people in Kansas City that get some real rawhide from St. Joseph, Missouri and cover them, and they put a fleur de lis on it. It's just, I just love it. And that's why I had to reprint it. So I got one myself. I saw that you guys had more and I jumped all over it. It is, it's a great booklet. Yeah. Uh, final thoughts. Anything else you could, uh, you want to bring up? Well, yes. Eschatology. You know, the fathers of the church talked about the four last things. If we think about death, judgment, heaven, and hell. Seriously, we'll never commit a mortal sin again. And so it's very important. One lady asked me when I was walking the streets, Father, what makes you go? And I said to her, when I go to my judgment, Jesus is going to say, what you did for me? And I can say, I, see these 160,000 people that I, that I tried to bring to you? I wanted you to have mercy on me during my particular judgment. So I think this devotion really helps us to prepare for our particular judgment because it turns around the offenses that are done to our king and we can make avenge for him. And hopefully, if we think about our death and our judgment and heaven and, and, and hell and its eternity, it'll help us to get away from mortal sin and to become manly and to become strong women and to, and to really fight for the short amount of time we have here to gain that victory that St. Paul talks about, to win the race as if to win, to receive that reward of a great mansion that St. Thomas talks about in Summa Theologica. Mansion means that resting place. So it's always good to look at the end. So this devotion is really gonna help us to, to look towards that end, to be in heaven and paradise forever. And again, I'll have everything linked underneath in the show notes, as well as the, uh, I think it's the Holy Name, Holy Face Society website that has some high resolution images of the print. So you can print it out until Father gets uh, some authentic ones out, touch third class relics. Till then, you can just get it printed up. I got 1500 I got from Vistaprint the other day when they had their 50% off. So we'll pass those out. Get a frame, put it up in your prayer area. I remember when we were growing up, my brother and I, you know my brother, uh, my mom had it in the kitchen. Uh, we'd always, that was the last thing you saw when you left the kitchen. Uh, but we had no, you were as kids, we had no idea what was going on. We just thought mom just loved the image. <laughs> she did. <laughs> and now my brother's a priest and I'm doing this. So maybe that's something, maybe that's motivation for everybody. Uh, so Father, before you go, can you give us a final blessing? I appreciate everything sure. you're doing. Sure. Benedictio Demi Potentis, Patris et Fili, Spiritus Sanctus, Shinit Super, Vos et Mani et Semper. Amen. Thank you, Father. Appreciate it. Thank you, Steve.